It's an exciting time in the outdoors, and we're glad that you're joining us in that excitement. Your host here on the Carolina Outdoors, right here, Bill Barty. And Wes Lawson over here. Bill, it is a great time, as always, to get outside in the Carolinas. And of course, this time of year, as we do this each week, we have an opportunity to celebrate each time of the year. For many, this is a tougher time for outdoor people uh, during the year because, Wes, of the time change, the falling back that we're mm. about to to go through uh, and why that matters to us outdoors may be obvious, but we can hone in a little bit about these shorter days that the rest of November and into December and into winter, really, are going to bring us and what that means for us as far as preparing for whatever our outdoor pursuits are um, and so forth. And a little bit later on in the program, we're going to talk about the excitement that is here in Studio D among among the outdoor guys. Of course, you've got Bill and Wes here. Over on the other side of the glass, we have TJ the DJ Boggs making things happen. We're excited because of the time of year it is. There's a lot going on for outdoor enthusiasts, not just the the hiking and backpacking folks that are out. The bugs are gone. The haze is off. Uh, and, and the temperatures are cooler, so mm-hmm. we can enjoy a hike or a backpacking trip wherever we may be going. Of course, deer season uh, is in effect as well. Both Carolinas are opened up. Um, uh, we have later in November gun season. Modern rifle season is going to be opening up in both Carolinas. But right now, you know, the black powder people, the, uh, the, the uh, archery people, they are all out there. And the deer are out there. We've talked about it in prior weeks of the movement going on with the deer. We talked about the mast crop that's mm-hmm. out there. But we've had drier weather. We've just now started to get a little bit of moisture, uh, really an amazing stretch of dry weather and mild weather that's been going on. It really has been mild these, these last few weeks, and it looks like that's going to continue, Bill. Of course, you know if you're out there now trying to stalk to your deer stand or or even if you are a stalking hunter, that can be a little bit harder. You've got to be extra careful in your heel-to-toe movements because you can be loud. Or if you're one of the unfortunate few who has uh, armadillo around, they can certainly sound like a herd of buffalo coming through some dry some dry leaves and grass. Those are some noisy little creatures down there. Uh, and apparently, if you cook them right, Bill, they're pretty good, but I'm going to bow out of that one. I'm a pretty <laughs> adventurous eater, but I'm going to bow out of a trigonosis machine like that. But yeah, it's a great time to be out there. You know, Bill, just over the weekend, I was fortunate enough to spend some time on the East Fork of the French Broad with uh, Mark and Jeannie Smith doing a little fishing up there. The deer were moving around in some fields. It was real pretty. It was perfect in the morning, 36 degrees, got up to about 62 by the time we left. So we didn't see bugs and yellow jackets until lunchtime, which was about 3 o'clock. So that's pretty good. And the fish were active. The downside of all these leaves falling, though, especially these dry leaves, is if you are on the trout stream, you're going to have to clear out your line every so often from all of those leaves that are coming downstream. But that's okay. It's still a great time to get outside. So during the summertime, and we've talked to uh, Dave Bergman um, mm-hmm. plenty of times here, lead guide and instructor at Jesse Brown's, taking people out there fishing, uh, instructing them on the mysterious sport for many of fly fishing. And throughout the summer, really into September, um, 
many of the folks that are going are wet wading, wearing their quick dry shorts, wearing their quick dry pants, jumping in to the water, wading into the water with yep. with rod and reel, and fishing in nature that way. That's long gone, right, Wes? You all were wearing waders mm. um, on your trip. Yeah, we were layered up. Um, yeah, I had um, thermals, lightweight hiking pants, and then my waders. I do, at this time of year, usually put a merino sock into the neoprene booty of my waders. Also, it's just, for me, it's a lot better. Uh, and then, yeah, layered up on top. I was totally comfortable the whole time, except for that first fish that got landed because uh, that, splashed. that water was cold on the old fingertips, <laughs> but it was it was perfect. But, yeah, I would not want to have to spend an extended period of time in the river or the stream without waders on now. So proper fit to wading. We talk about mm-hmm. uh, layering and putting on shells to encapsulate you from from weather, whether it be wind or precipitation or whatever, and then you put insulation on underneath there. We talk about fitting with footwear for sure, proper socks, wicking moisture, pre- preventing friction, and then uh, footwear that uh, supports and protects you on a hike or whatever endeavor that you're doing. What about waders? Are they, are they supposed to be fitted a mm. tailored fit or do we leave a little bit of room in there to bend down and climb over and those sorts of activities yeah you know these are not neoprene wetsuits these are um layers of water resistant water repellent and in some cases tear resistant materials three four five layers of them only neoprene is the attached booty that goes into the wading boot so if you look good in waders they don't fit. They're too small. You should have enough <laughs> space that uh, they should be a little bit baggy so you can layer up underneath, but also so you can hike down an embankment, step over rocks in the water. You should be able to move freely, which you could not do in a form-fitted wader. So when we do those fittings, we, we might go through one or two or three sizes to make sure you can bend down and take a knee to get that really great fish picture, to step up an embankment, to step over a root, things like that. So um, oftentimes, you know, those inseams might be two inches, three inches longer than what people are accustomed to. And then the wading boot, which kind of looks like a moon boot, to be totally honest, with a few exceptions now, like the Sims flyweight, which looks like a hiking boot, we're going to size up at least one whole boot size to accommodate that neoprene booty that's attached to your waders. That takes up space. That's three or four millimeters of space. Plus, when everything gets wet and it super saturates, it expands. So, Ah. you know, Bill, you and I are fortunate enough to have a firm foundation. We have big feet. (laughs) So I walk around in a 12 and a half or a 13. My wading boots are a 14 because there is no half size. And those corkers boots, once I turn that boa lace, those things are perfect. They don't move. I get traction. I get protection. I get stability. And I have confidence to get on the water and fish all day long. I love that stuff. We're fortunate to have three different uh, wading boot companies mm-hmm. on hand at Jesse Brown's. You can check them out at jessebrowns.com. Type in wading boots. Up, these brands will pop. Sims, we carry one of our pride and joys. Uh, Reddington kind of provides a base layer felt, mm-hmm. and that is a felt bottom uh, boot to help you traverse and walk and maintain balance on slippery 
wet freestone rocks that are out there. And then Magic. the Corkers brand, that's the third, not necessarily third in lineup, but the third. And it is one that comes with two outsoles. One is felt for our southeastern freestone streams, but also it comes with a rubber outsole uh, with purchase that you can pop on if you're using at the coast mm-hmm. or maybe you're um, somewhere where it's not a freestone stream. It's more gravel yep. oriented and yep. and uh, those boots. Uh, or if it's a long hike, if you're on an expedition kind of trip and you don't want to have to have multiple pairs of boots, they make, I think, seven different styles of, of outsole you can click in. Uh, it's a great deal. I'm very comfortable with those boots. They fit me great. I love them. They're not super heavy for as big as they are, and they're going to last a long time. They need a lot more trips under their belt. But I heard you say size up. So size if you're up. 12 and a half like you are, 14 might be the mm-hmm. might be the size. If you're a 9, um, you may be a 10. And even those numbers are something just to start with. It's really what the room uh, calls for. And that is in the brick-and-mortar Jesse Browns that's located here in Charlotte's shopping district, the Sharon Corner Shopping Center over near South Park. Or, again, you can check us all the time out at jessebrowns.com. Hey, I mentioned earlier in the segment that excitement is in the air, and we're going to delve into it our next segment. But, Wes, before we take a quick break, I'm going to mention some of these little nicknames here. Little Tunny, Mm. Fat Albert, Mm. Benito, Spotted Benito, Whatever the nickname is for this smallest of tuna, it's not a true tuna. It is a false albacore, and it is plentiful at the coast of North Carolina right now, and we're excited here in Studio D for some coastal fishing. We'll find out why after a quick break. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 